Welcome to Horror Strap. What's up, horror babies? Welcome back to Horror Struck, a horror commentary podcast where we look at the genre through the lens of a diehard fan and a scaredy cat. I am Riley Ott. I am joined by my co-host and best friend, Cecilia Talbert. This week, we took a look at the 2011 film, Attack the Block, directed by Joe Cornish. Spoiler warnings for Attack the Block. There will be many spoilers. How's life? What are you doing? What's happening? How's your hand? It's okay. I'm doing all the like at-home physical therapy stuff, and I have my first real full physical therapy session next Thursday. Is it just to check to see how your hand's coming along with you doing the at-home exercises? I'm not sure. Honestly, I don't know. I did a little bit with them the day I got the stitches out. Uh-huh. It was mostly them asking, like, what my goals are to be able to do with my hand again. And I panicked. I was like, I don't know. I, I haven't thought about it. I-, I can do everything just fine, which is not at all true. And they were like, can you, like, type on a keyboard? No. Can you button stuff? No. Can you tie your shoes? No. <laughs> so I have to relearn how to do all of that once my hand is healed yeah that makes sense that's a bummer though i don't do anything anymore because i don't have a car and i can't go to work so i just sit around and watch stuff or listen to stuff or sleep is there anything in particular that you've seen recently you want to plug or talk about i watched a movie that i know you have seen because we recommended it around halloween I watched May for the first time. Oh, okay. I didn't realize. So there's a movie called All Cheerleaders Die that I really like that the same director made. So the tone of that and of May are both very similar, and I really liked it. It was very, very bizarre. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't realize that was the same director. Yeah, that movie is... Both of those movies are fucking weird. But I watched that. They are very weird, yeah. I watched a movie that my friend Dylan recommended called Sea Fever, which was like at sea horror and a bunch of like parasites and a big ocean squid monster thing. It was good. It was sad. I won't spoil it, but don't get too attached to anyone, I guess. (laughs) Um, Uh... And then I finished Severance, the Apple TV show, and it was fucking phenomenal. I think one of the best, like, season finales I've seen in a long time. I'm really excited for season two. It's so good. Highly recommend. Yeah, I keep hearing people talk about it, and I just haven't... I still need to watch the last season of Servant, but I haven't really been watching anything. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to ask if you had watched the newest season, because I think they're on, like, season three or four now, and I didn't realize it had gone on that long. Yeah, yeah. It just gets more and more intriguing. Because, like, her, I feel like hardly anybody is watching the show. Obviously, there must be enough people watching that they keep renewing it. But there's not a lot of, like, people, like, speculating online about theories. And that's all I wanted after the second season, is I just wanted to find, like, a Reddit speculation about it. And there was hardly anything. And I was like, come on, I need more people to talk to about this. Maybe you should start the thread and then people will join in. I'm planning on watching it because once I finish Russian Doll, the new season, I don't Mm -hmm. think I have any shows that I'm watching. So I think I'm going to start that next. I know a lot of people at my old job watched it. So I know a lot about what happens in the first season already, but I know absolutely nothing about the rest of it. It's very interesting. Yeah, I'm excited to see. I like... I know M. Night Shyamalan's not, like, super, super involved. It's, like, his brother that's a writer, and he's a producer and, like, the creator. Yeah, I I think M. Night Shyamalan is, like, throwing money at it because it's his brother's project. I don't think he's, I don't think he's super hands-on with it. Um, But, yeah, it's mostly his brother's project. I mean, even if he were, I I think M. Night Shyamalan's got a lot of interesting ideas, Mm -hmm. and I think having, like, a bigger group of people work on them to, like, pinpoint the things that actually work is a really good idea. And putting it in long form, I think works better for the kind of stories he tells as well. Yeah. So I'm excited to start it. Yeah. You watch anything else ever in your whole life that you want to talk about? 
Well, by the time this episode comes out, this should probably still be in theaters. Riley and I both went and saw Everything Everywhere All at Once. Highly recommend that. I dragged my mom on Friday to go see it because that was the last showing were the ones on Friday for anywhere around here. But I know the UK just got a wide release for it. And yeah, highly recommend. One of my favorite films that I have seen in the past, like, five years, probably. It's really fucking good. It's really, really good. Um, And if you can go see it in the theater, it's it's visually stunning, so you should definitely go check it out. And that's so surprising, too, because I didn't realize how simplistic the movie was going to be. Like, a good chunk of it is set in, like, an IRS office. But when they do throw all of these crazy effects at you, it makes them that much more effective and beautiful and the story also very heartfelt and I may have cried during like the whole last fourth of the film. It's so good. I <laughs> uh, cried like yeah, watching a really review good. about it the other day. Yeah, it's really good. Other than that, I think the only thing I've watched horror wise is probably uh I watched Hellbender. That was pretty good. I like that a lot. Oh yeah, on uh Shudder. I've been hearing a lot of yeah. good things about that. Yeah, it's on Shudder right now. I really like the story. I think it was pretty well acted. I It was interesting because when I looked into it, the three like leads in the movie are also the directors of the movie. So that's, I, I don't remember the last time I saw a movie where there were three named directors on it. I don't think I've ever seen a movie with three directors. There were a couple things that like framing wise or like shot wise, I was like, that looks kind of amateur-y. But it, it came more across as like first time film as opposed to necessarily bad. So I'm excited to see if this group is still like, if they're going to keep working together. I'm excited to see what they have down the line. But it's witchy. Uh, the music is really good. They do a couple visual things that I think are like beautiful. Like they're really cool. They use their money very wisely. But yeah, highly recommend. And it's only an hour and a half. That's great. I love when a movie is like a tight 90 minutes. Less is better, honestly. Give me an 80 minute movie. I'll go crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. But yeah, I think that's I think that's it. Speaking of 80 minute movies, you want to talk about this one? Yeah. So this week, Riley and I watched the 2011 film Attack the Block. Oh, should we put the brat 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 song in there? Hell yeah. It's the best part. So what did you think of this movie? What were your general thoughts? Oh, I guess for those who aren't familiar with this movie, uh, let me just say off the bat before we get into the plot, it is a sci-fi comedy slight horror uh, movie. It's essentially an alien invasion movie where aliens touch down in South London uh, and this like gang of kids fight the aliens. I don't, I, that, that's the, the simplest way to say it. We watched the movie and we got to the end and I said, well, that wasn't really a horror film, was it? But then I started watching a few reviews about this movie and Guess falls into this category of a very specific British subgenre called hoodie horror, which basically, apparently, hoodie in the UK is like a derogatory term for in the US and Canada what we would call like thugs or hoodlums, basically. Yeah, it was really interesting. And this one, this specific movie, uh, talks a lot about the working class in the UK, specifically in the urban setting. There were a couple examples that I had read about when I was looking into this genre, and Eden Lake comes up a lot, but that's more specific to, like, the rural working class. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to look more into this subgenre, because what I have been comparing it to in my head are uh, a lot of, like, like, British TV shows that I really like, like Skins and Misfits, I think would fit into this category. So I've changed my mind. I was wrong. It is a horror film, and it's got, like, creepy alien monsters and, like, body horror as well. So that was a small rant about me being wrong. But back to your question. I did really like it. I thought it was really good. It has a lot of great acting, great chemistry between the actors, great creature design. They used their budget really well. I thought it was good. I'm on the same page. Uh, I don't think I ever had a 
question about it. For me, it, it was like, yeah, this is a horror film. You have jump scares in it. It's aliens are essentially, they fall in the vein of sci-fi creature feature. So, and there's a lot of blood and body horror. So uh, it's not like your classic horror film, but yeah, it's a, it's definitely a horror film. It's more in the sci-fi vein, but it's got a lot of good horror elements to it. Yeah, I think what in my mind happened was we've been focusing a lot on slashers and like supernatural possession and stuff like that we haven't done a lot of just sci-fi movies but yeah it is very reminiscent of like old creature features aliens in this are designed so well i really like how they look and i really like how it like fits into the setting the like world that they're in yeah did you did you watch the featurette where they talked about how they made it um i didn't i listened to the director's commentary last night and i know there was a lot of like puppetry and the first alien that we see is like a suit with a performer in it which was really interesting but what what did they do for the uh the monsters yeah, if you are at all interested, there is a featurette on YouTube where they talk about the making of the creatures. It's really interesting because they wanted to film everything as practically as possible, but then enhance it with CGI, which I think is brilliant. The first alien you see, which is the female alien, uh, is both a puppet and a woman in a costume. And then for the male aliens... They were, like, big puppet costumes. There was, like, one in particular, uh, like, stunt actor who was in it. I can't remember his name, but he's pretty big. He's done a lot of stuff. But essentially, like, it's really cool. It is amazing how fast they could actually move in these puppets. Uh, So they shot it practically, and then they rotoscoped over it to make it look really black. Okay. Yeah, I feel like if I wasn't being told it was CGI, I would believe that they could have done all of this practically. And it looks great. The alien design, especially for the male aliens, is very simplistically scary. (laughs) Because it's essentially just this massive black, like, creature that you can't really see the details on except its glowing teeth. And also another reason they wanted to do the creatures practically was they wanted to give the actors something more to respond to. Also, apparently the people who were in the costumes couldn't really see or hear. Oh no. I guess that could also make it more terrifying because they just start running at you. So when I listened to Joe Cornish talk about the movie in the commentary, there was a point where two of the like little little kids um probs and mayhem are their like street names there was a a scene where they see the aliens for the very first time and he had kept the actors from seeing the design because he wanted a genuine reaction when they saw it and i guess once they finally saw it they just started laughing He said it hurt his feelings well something that the actors talked about was that watching the like actors like before like the scene would they would start shooting they would look fine but as soon as they kind of got into that like animalistic alien pose and started like running and stuff they were terrifying apparently yeah i believe it and i feel like it's just even if you know you're acting it's that fight or flight response that your body feels so it probably added another layer to their performance and i think everyone in the film there are a lot of unknowns. Basically, I think John Boyega is the, the kid who went on to do the most. But there's a lot of really like genuine reactions and great acting from all of them. Yeah, I agree. I, I think everybody does a really good job. The movie's also very funny. So you do have this really good blend of like sci-fi horror comedy happening. And they do not hold back on the blood. I did not expect any of the core kids would be dead by the end of this movie and i was wrong oof yeah don't get too attached to them either yeah i think they do a really good job with comedy and you can definitely tell because there's a lot of people from like edgar wright's world that are involved like he's a producer on it um naya park i think is a producer on it as well who we talked about in the Shaun of the dead episode nick frost is in the film so it's it's a lot of that same kind of comedy if you were to watch like a Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz or any of those. So they balance it really well with like, we're making a monster film. The monsters are going to be terrifying, 
but we're putting them within a comedy film. So it balances out really well. Yeah, I think they do a really good job with it. Do you want to talk about the plot? Yeah, let's talk about the plot. Are those our catchphrases? <laughs> I don't know if they're really catchphrases. Yeah. As much as just... Instructions uh, to keep us going. The outline for the episode that we just like hit. Yeah, that's fair. So our movie begins with Sam, who's played by Jodie Whittaker. Uh, she's walking down the street and she gets mugged by Moses and his gang. Moses is uh, John Boyega's character. Um, and there are four other kids. How many of them are there? Um, there's Jerome, Biggs, Pest. Um, oh, is there another one? Dennis. He was the one with the silly hair. That was the other one. Oh, yes. He is played by... I couldn't figure out why I do him, and then I realized uh, he's played by Franz Drame. If anyone's ever watched any of the CW superhero shows, he's in Legends of Tomorrow. So that's why he looks so familiar to me. I have never seen any of those shows, but I will take your word for it. I think that's all of them, because I think there's five altogether. So in the opening scene, when when you go back and watch it for a second time, you get a bunch of little little hints for everything. Like there's graffiti that Jodie Whittaker walks by with all of the, the kids' names that they must have done on the wall. Mm-hmm. And then our human villain, Hi-Hats, uh, <laughs> drives by her in her car, in his car, playing his... Oh my gosh, the best song of all time. Our new favorite song. Yeah, listen, the soundtrack is really good. That song is goofy as hell, but honestly, I kind of like it. <laughs> but yeah, they've, they've got some stuff up front, and, and then a lady gets mugged. And apparently this was based on the director's own experience. Like, he got mugged by a group of kids, but they all looked as afraid as he was. So he was like, I'm going to write a movie about kids like this, and what led them to this, and like, working class in london is like interesting they mug poor sam and then a meteor comes down and crashes into the car that's right beside them yeah kind of saves the day sam runs away a big part of her mugging though is that they also take a ring off of her that comes back around at the end but their initial reaction to this meteor coming down and absolutely destroying this car is to, at least for Moses, is to see if there's anything valuable inside. The meteor did most of the work. (laughs) Oh, we should probably mention the reason that I don't think they're too, like, surprised by all these explosions and shit. It's set on Guy Fawkes, not day, because it's nighttime, so it's set on Guy Fawkes Nights, which is called Fireworks Night, Night in the UK. So there's a bunch of, like, fireworks going off already. So I don't think they're too concerned about it until they actually find an alien yeah they think it's a firework they don't realize that it's a meteor and while moses is inside of the car um looking for valuables uh something jumps at him scratches him in the face and then runs away it's you know as an audience member you're like that was clearly an alien but the boys are just like we don't know what that is and moses is like fuck that thing and they chase after it because he's just like it scratched my beautiful face i'm gonna go hurt it some orangutan type thing. I'm not even lying, bruv. Hey, it's breezing, man. It look like Dobby the house over. Moses got shanked by a Dobby. <laughs> I'm chasing that down. I'm killing that. Listen, I, by the end of the film, really like all of these kids. But I think the weakest part of this movie, and I understand why they do it, because you have to learn to, like, empathize with these kids who are basically hoodlums. But uh, it's really hard to like these kids for the first chunk of the movie. Because the first few things that you see them do are mug a nice lady and kill a poor, sad, confused alien. Yeah. That's the weakest part of the movie for me. The movie does a good job of making you like most of the kids, though. Yeah, I mean, you come back around by the end of it. It would be kind of weird if you didn't and the tone would be off, but... I don't know. I wanted to like them from the beginning because they're the main characters. Well, and I wonder if the reason it happens is because in most alien movies, that would be the one thing that people would be like, you need to go kill that. If you let it loose, it's going to destroy the world. So in most stories, they would go kill the hostile alien and then they would be heroes. No, I don't like it. That's I think that's why I didn't like Jaws. Not that that's an alien. It's a shark. But like it didn't do anything to you. Leave it alone. That alien probably um, 
would have adapted and become a nice member of society. I don't know that the the shark in Jaws though was just like a vengeful force. <laughs> He's not a normal shark. The shark in Jaws was just living its best life, and then everyone was like, "We have to kill it." This is the ocean is our home, not the sharks, and that didn't make sense, and I hated it. I didn't hate Jaws; it was fine. Well, it's like the same thing when like people have to put bears down. It's sad, but if they get into like a human area and they start eating human food, well, they didn't even give the alien a chance to explain itself. Maybe it was here to like cure cancer. I don't know. They could have asked. I mean, they're teenagers. <laughs> I think you're expecting way too much out of them. Yeah, I think so. And they didn't even think it was something like an alien. They just thought it was like a weird like mole or like some sort of weird animal or like a dog or something. You think it'd be better if these children murdered a dog? I mean, if the dog had like rabies. <sighs> I didn't like Cujo either. He was a good dog. I think if maybe it would have made more sense if they had just like accidentally killed the alien as opposed to... But then again, if they accidentally did it, then they wouldn't really have metaphorical blood on their hands for what happens. Yeah, that's true. All right. So it's it's a like a learning morality thing for them. They do something very bad in the beginning and then half of them suffer. And then, you know, they learn a lesson and one tries yeah. to sacrifice himself or is willing to sacrifice himself for the good of other people. The point of this is like actions have consequences and is literally a line yeah. said in the movie at one point in case you don't get it. You know that little one you killed before? That was a mistake. They weren't going for us. They were going for you. Actions have consequences, you know. And about character growth and everything. Because especially our main character, Moses, he's at this precipice in his life between childhood and adulthood. Um, between being like a like a street thug to being like a real like drug dealer criminal. So he's at this weird like midpoint in his life where his life can go a lot of different ways. Aw, he's at a crossroads. Just like Britney Spears in that movie, Crossroads. <laughs> never seen it me either we should watch it okay let's do it let's review it next week but yes so the the boys end up following the alien killing it they're really pretty shot because they don't show it happening they show them like going into the shed essentially beating it to death and then we get our title sequence wow it all looks really good i think you can definitely tell that a sci-fi fan made this because directly after this title sequence that looks more of like a weirdly one of the only sci-fi movies I've watched and can remember is that shitty movie called Skyfall. Is that what it's called? Skyline. Oh, I've never seen it. Oh, it's so bad. But it reminded me a lot of one of the shots in that movie. But then directly after this, you get this like panning sequence that looks kind of like one of the swipes that would happen in Star Wars when they go from scene to scene. Yeah, it's very sci-fi forward. Yeah. And there's a lot of references to uh, a lot of sci-fi authors in this as well. Like when they show the map of the block, the apartment complex that, that this all takes place in, there's a list of like, I don't know what it would be, of like places in the apartment complex. And there's one named like Huxley Court and um, oh, what were some of the other ones? Yeah, I did not pick up on this. I did not know about this. That's cool. Yeah, there was like a Wells, H.G. Wells kind of reference. There were a couple more, but I, I don't remember a ton of them. That's fun. So this movie definitely uh, is a good rewatch movie then. I only watched it the one time, but maybe I'll need to go back and watch it a second time. Yeah, I really liked the commentary track. They had a bunch of the cast in with him as well, and they were all talking about a lot of stuff. And they've got one that I might go back and listen to with uh, Joe Cornish and Edgar Wright talking. Oh, that's cool. Uh, back to the movie, we see Sam again, who runs into this older lady that lives in her building, I think. Anyways, they go upstairs, I think to, is it the old, it's got, is it, it's the old lady's apartment, right? Yeah, she's like, here, come in, I'll make you tea. Those kids out yeah. there are fucking monsters. They're the bad guys, which obviously we're going to redeem them. Yeah. And I think it's just to like, give you perspective on how most people view these kids so we have that conversation between sam and this woman they also do a good job of explaining away the cops well i guess not the cops do get into it but sam's like i contacted the cops i don't think they're gonna do anything because it's guy fox night and because they never do shit basically yeah moses and his gang are very excited about their kill 
They just think it's a weird animal, so they carry it around with them, and uh, they decide to take it to a character named Ron, who is, like, the drug dealer of the building. So they're like, Ron's worldly experience, we'll, we'll take it up to him. Before they go to Ron's weed room, they're walking around, and they run into a group of girls they know, and they're like, look at this thing we killed. And one of the girls goes... You shove that thing in my face and then fangs are going up in your tits. I'll slap you. Move it for me, bruv. Grow up. Could be diseased. You get me. I don't want no chlamydia. (laughs) And apparently that is a line that was put in the film taken directly from the director talking to a group of kids and like showing it, showing them pictures of like storyboards of what the aliens were going to look like. And a girl was like, I'll get chlamydia from that. Yeah, that definitely sounds like something we would have said in high school. That's so funny. I'm really glad that line made it. This movie is really funny. They walk to the elevator to get to Ron's. You meet the group of girls. They come back later. You meet the two younger kids, Probs and Mayhem, for the first time. They really want to be a part of the gang. Moses and his gang kind of get rid of them. It's so weird to, like, see that dynamic, though, because, like, the kids, the main kids in the movie are really, really young. But then they run into these, like, nine-year-olds, and they have to act like the more mature ones. It's... They do a lot of good job to set up, like, what the dynamics are and, like, how neglected they are by their family and society and stuff. The main group of kids are are probably anywhere from, like, 13 to 17. Like, they're all really young. When they get to the elevator, we meet uh, Brewis. He's pretty funny. Uh, he's this, like, white guy who is on his way up to Ron's to get some weed. But he's also just very nice. Like, when the guys come up behind him, he's like, I pushed the button. I'm just waiting for it to come. I really liked him. And I think a really funny part with his character is the longer the movie goes on, the more weed you see him smoke and the more paranoid he is getting <laughs> throughout the whole thing. Yeah. This poor guy. Yeah, it's pretty funny. He just keeps having all these bad things, too. It's like, the besides the alien invasion, it just seems like even if that weren't to happen, he just keeps having a bad day. Like, he keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Oh, God, yeah, we find out that the meteor fell onto his car. His dad's car. Oh, God, this poor kid. <laughs> but, yeah, we meet uh, a lot of characters during this sequence. We get to meet Ron, and then we get to meet our um, human bad guy antagonist which I also think was a really weak point in the film and probably not necessary. But he's got a great song, so we meet Hi-Hats and his friend Tonks, who's just kind of there hanging out. Yeah, Hi-Hat is essentially like the drug kingpin of the block. Ron just works for him. He's like his dealer. And Hi-Hat is also a performer, rapper, singer. So anytime there's music playing, he is listening to his own music, which is quite funny. And it's only the one song. So he must have just mastered this one song. It was like, this is all I need. Yeah. This is perfection. I think so. And he's right. Brewis ends up going up too. So it's everybody's in Ron's place. Uh, Brewis and Ron are both like, we don't know what this alien is. Well, they don't know it's an alien. They're like, we don't know what this creature is. So of course the gang is like, oh, we can sell it for money. So that's kind of their their game plan at the moment is that they don't realize it's about to get worse. Uh, they're like, well, yeah, we'll sell this this weird creature to like some sort of museum or something for money. Oh, it's like in Creepshow where Stephen King finds the, the meteor and he's like, I'll sell it to the scientists. Yeah, and then he puts his hands in his mouth. Oh, God. All over him. turns into moth. <laughs> yeah. One of the important important things about the meeting with Hi-Hat is it's just Moses and Ron who go to see Hi-Hat, who's quite literally in the weed room where they're growing the weed. Uh, Hi-Hat, like, hands him, uh, essentially just hands him drugs and is like, you're my new drug dealer. And, and Moses is like, okay, I guess I am. Well, and when he comes back out and the boys are like, you got a job, they all seem really happy about it, which also I think is a, a good representation of, like, how easy it is for kids in this situation to fall into this life of, like, crime and dealing drugs and mugging people. Yeah, Hi-Hat literally just hands them, like, a cigarette curtain full of just, like, joints. Like, here you go! What does he hand him? A cigarette curtain filled with joints? Carton. I was so confused about what you just said. 
Like, are these drug no, terms no. that I don't it's know just, about? It's like a box of cigarettes, but there's joints inside, which is bad because then he puts it in his sock. And then when the cops show up, he gets caught with that. Oh, yeah. Okay. So they see a bunch of aliens crashing down in the meteors. And they're like, oh, shit, yeah. more aliens, let's kill them. And they have this sequence of all of the kids running through the block into their separate flats and, like, grabbing a weapon. Which I also think, first of all, it looks really good. And secondly, it gives you this, like, quick glimpse into all of their home lives. I don't know. I think the setup of all of that and, like, the dynamics are all really good in the beginning of this. The setup is good. And I I do like the fact that the kids aren't afraid. They're more just like, we took one out. We're going to save the block. So they're like, we're going to go take out the other aliens. They have decided that this little gang of theirs is the sole protector of their block. And that makes sense. And that's honestly how a lot of like actual gangs are formed. Uh, Unfortunately, they do not realize that the aliens that have crashed down are not the smaller kind of weak alien they met earlier that they were able to just beat to death with baseball bats. Uh, Is it Jerome who has the dog? Is it Jerome or is it? No, it's Biggs, right? I can't remember whose dog it is. Someone has a dog. It's, is it, oh. Is it Dennis? Pogo, right? Is that the name of the dog? I know the name of the dog. I don't know the name of the boy. (laughs) But the name of the dog, yeah, is Pogo. Yeah, I wish that at the beginning they had used each other's names more. (laughs) Because I didn't know what, like, any of their actual names were except, like, Moses. Yeah, it's very hard. And then Jerome. And they... Because they say his name a lot before, uh... Yeah. And they all use, like, slang a lot when they're talking. So it's also, you're trying to keep up and like, and I'm not a British person, so I have to figure out what all of this means and keep track of who these people are. There's a lot of things that I don't know. That's pretty normal. Can't know everything. Yeah, I should know a few more things, probably. You should know all about South London slang? Yeah. Okay, that's fair. But yeah, the dog dies and it <laughs> pissed me off. The gang gets their weapons. Uh, one of the kids grabs his dog, which is, is it a pit bull? What? The dog? No, it's like a little tiny, it's a little tiny baby dog. I think it was a tiny baby dog. I did. It was like a, a I can't remember. little bulldog mix kind of thing, which I guess might be a pit bull. It wasn't like a chihuahua. <laughs> no. Oh, I would have been distraught if I had had to see a chihuahua die while my chihuahua was right next to me. Now I'm looking to see what this dog looks like. Yeah, it looks like a little pit bull mix. Yeah, like a miniature uh, It's mixed something. with something. It's like a medium, it's a small it's a medium cutie, dog. And now he's dead. But yeah, so they take the they take the dog and the dog runs towards the, what you assume is one of the aliens. You hear whimpering and then you hear nothing. So R.I.P. Oh, Pogo. Pogo. And then you get to see the creature for the first time, which is terrifying. Yeah, not at all what you're expecting either, because the female alien that you saw looks nothing like that. It looks like a weird naked mole rat. Yeah, it really does. Uh, this is like a big black mass with um, some sort of fur. And what you think are eyes then turn into glowing teeth, and it's got lots of teeth. Oh, man. It's so creepy. Yeah. And then it uh, it chases them. The chase only ends. They're doing a good job of staying ahead of the alien up until the point where uh, you find out that Sam, the woman they had mugged earlier, the cops actually did reach back out to her and they're like, come with us and point out who the kids were that robbed you. And so the cops essentially cut the gang off or at least cut Moses off. And Moses uh, gets arrested. Yeah, it actually turns out to work out in his favor. Because if they hadn't put him in the police van, I think one of the aliens definitely would have gotten him. Yeah. Uh, It's not great. The police are not very nice. They pulled the van open so Sam can identify him, which she does. Uh, even though she couldn't really see him because they were all wearing, like, uh, face coverings and stuff. Well, she knew about his 
black hat with the red brim and he was still wearing it so she was able to like identify his clothing and stuff so yeah i guess you're right i don't think she's just profiling kids well she didn't want to go at first and the cops were like come on let's do it and she's like okay is that like a routine thing that police do that seems irresponsible but i i don't know it seems like a way for them to just get anybody arrested because for the most part witnesses are just not that reliable i mean they'll do that anyway but that's a whole other conversation. All the other kids are up on this bridge, um, like, that's very close to the road. They all, like, manage to escape, and they're all watching. Moses gets put in handcuffs. Uh, he gets put into the van, and then the alien catches up. Oh, and it fuck. is not good for the cops. No, he takes them out. So we find this out later, but... Um... Apparently, the aliens are tracking these specific people because they've got the pheromones from the female alien on them. And I think they do a really good job of, like, keeping that consistent with who has been basically, like, contaminated with this. So it makes sense when the police get murdered because they've just been, like, roughing up Moses. So now they've got this contamination on them as well. Yeah. But it, it makes a lot of sense why they're only going after this specific group. I mean, not until the very end do you even realize that's really the case. It almost comes across that because that alien was attacked by the dog and those people were nearby, it's just tracking them because it was attacked. Yeah, I think we thought of it as basically like a revenge plot for most of the movie. Because we were like, oh, they killed this alien and they're... They killed their baby! Yeah. Oh yeah, we did. We thought it was a baby alien the whole time. But they they wanted to go after like Moses specifically because he Covered was the one who... And yeah. all the gunk. Yeah, the police attack it happens really fast. It's very aggressive. It's very bloody. Uh, I think I screamed. It happened so fast. Yeah, that's one thing that I, I like about horror comedies like this is they do not hold back on the gore and like body horror when you see stuff like this. Yeah. It's done really well. Luckily for Moses, who, uh, you know, at this point, it's Sam and Moses are in the van. And then the kids that are on the bridge, they they have a bunch of fireworks with them because that's one of the things they grab. So they have this like big disc of fireworks. I don't know what it is, but they light it and they, they manage to throw it underneath the police van, which then keeps the aliens at bay so that Dennis can have an opening. And I think it's Dennis who ends up getting into the van to help Moses out. Oh, yeah. And they drive away with sam in the van yeah and sam panics and puts herself into like the the place where the prisoners are supposed to go she switches with moses because she's so freaked out i like that she puts herself in there and then later she's like let me out of here they're like well, you put yourself in there yeah they're able to get the get the van going they drive away we have a quick bit part where Bruis, uh, the white guy from the elevator, uh, has left Ron's and is going to try to go to his car. It's a car that was destroyed, so he ends up, <laughs> he's super paranoid, calls Ron to be like, do you see cops? I need to come back up. Poor kid. His night's just going to keep getting worse. <laughs> yeah. We go back to Moses and Dennis. Speaking of things and getting worse. They're in the police van, and they're they're just trying to get back to the block. So they end up going into the parking garage and turning a corner. And right at that moment, they hit a very nice car. Uh, and inside that car is hi-hats and his, like, goon. So not great. They did the car crash thing in one take because they could only afford one car. But I, I was kind of sad because this is, like, really nice BMW that they hit. And I don't have a car at all. <laughs> they could have donated that to uh... me. It's true. But I guess, okay, so this um, parking garage that they filmed this in apparently was absolutely disgusting. They kept seeing a bunch of huge rats and there was like pipes in the ceiling of it that were all leaking sewage down onto oh, them. Oh, great. Yeah, so apparently it also smelled like absolute shit, rat shit That's and perfect. human shit. Yeah. Gets it right into character real quick. Oh, God. So the car crashes, they let Sam out, and they're like, you should leave. You should go. And so she's like, okay. And she <laughs> runs away. She's having a rough night. Yeah. And that is when uh, all the other the, all the other kids in the gang catch up, and they have kind of this standoff with hi-hats. And which, which one of the kids? Is it Pest, who goes into this full explanation of what just happened? Bear creatures chasing us. 
big alien gorilla wolf motherfuckers, I swear. Some creature fell from out of space and jumped Moses, so we bored it. And now it's prejudice come down in force blood. Then Moses got shifted by the feds, and then things attacked the bully van and savaged the bluefoot, so we jacked the van. We're running for our lives now, cuz. Believe. Oh, yeah. He was one of my favorite kids. He's so funny. Yeah, he's really funny, but Hi-Hats pulls out a gun and is pointing it at these kids, and they're just like, look, there are aliens running around. You have no idea what's happening. It's absolutely crazy. And, of course, Hi-Hats is probably not going to believe them because such a ludicrous story. But then they hear something in the parking garage. So Hi-Hat's goon is like, I'll go check it out. Bad decision. He gets murdered by an alien. It's pretty fucked up. So his name is Tonks. And he seemed like a, a nice guy. I don't, I don't know why he's hanging out with this bad, bad boy. But he gets his whole throat ripped out. And it's really fucking disgusting. Looks great. Yeah, it looks really good. They wanted Hi-Hat's to be like the human baddie. In this movie, and that's why he's the only one who ever uses a gun. There's a lot of movies where I think this works, where it's like humans are the real monsters. I think Train to Busan comes to mind. And like Night of the Living Dead, a bunch of zombie films, it works really well. And But I don't think they ever flesh this guy out enough for him. He He's just like a caricature of drug dealer kingpin. So I think that's the other part of the movie that just doesn't work for me. All right. I, I know he's just there to make another complication. He's not supposed to be like this deep character. He's supposed to be an absurd character to add to the comedy. That even though he's seen an alien attack his friend, his main objective is not to hide or stop the aliens. It's to stop this like 16 year old. It's so silly. I mean, to be fair, he wants to get revenge on these 16 year olds because they, they let his friend into this alien murder. So he's got his own revenge plot now. Is that what he wanted? I don't know. I'm trying to make this character deeper than what he is. No, he just feels disrespected. So, and he's like, this is my block. How dare they disrespect me? Destroy my car. Get my friend killed. I shall earn all of the respect back. I That's how I get, have my power. By killing them? You can't respect someone if you're dead. Yeah, but if somebody knows that anytime you're crossed, they end up dead, how many people are going to cross you? Yeah, I guess so saying it's smart i'm saying that's kind of his motivation it's just like i have to keep my power power does he have he's selling weed to 16 year olds with this crusty ass looking weed dealer i think that's that's the comedy of it ah okay fine because he's not even selling anything hard he's just selling weed (laughs) yeah that's true he well maybe he is and we just don't know about it i mean maybe but it seems like he's just into the weed he likes the botanicals maybe he's got shrooms Ooh. That could be fun. Oh, God. During an alien invasion, though. But yeah, so poor Tonks. R.I.P. Tonks. And then the boys immediately scatter. And we're not going to get killed by this alien. And so we have this big chase sequence as the alien yeah. is chasing the boys. And they do end up getting separated. Pest? It's it's Pest that ends up in the bin, right? No. Who ends up in the... I don't remember anymore. Biggs. Everyone else is on like mopeds basically and i think biggs and someone else are on a regular bike somehow he ends up on foot and jumps into this like recycling bin where he is for the majority of the rest of the movie because aliens just can't can't get through plastic yeah speaking of train to busan it's like how they just couldn't open the door these just can't open the lid they can i guess they're used to just smashing through things that's fair London bins are sturdy. Apparently, because that alien goes ballistic at one point. But then we've got um, Pest is the one who barely makes it through the door and the alien grabs his leg and takes a big bite out of him. Yeah. But the the chase scene in general, it's really well done. Like the, the choreography and like stunts and stuff are really good. And I know there's a part where Biggs is jumping into the bin that was all done with a stunt coordinator, but done by the actual actor. And a lot of the stuff they're doing was done by these actors. Yeah, it looks really good. There's a there's a moment at the beginning of the movie where he says, can I jump from this like uh, upper bridge down to like the stairs? And then he, he does it later on during the chase sequence. So I thought it came back a little too soon. I thought it was going to be 
more epic. Like a hero's moment? Yeah, like the end climax of it, but whatever, it's fine. So Biggs is in the bin. Uh, The other boys manage to make it into the block, into the building. Pest does uh, get a bite taken out of his leg. They're just running down the hall and then they see Sam who has finally made her way almost to her apartment and they chase her into her apartment. She's not having a great, she's just not having a great day. (laughs) No, these boys just won't leave her alone. No. But it's great that Sam was the one that they mugged because they found her like work ID card and they know she's a nurse. So they're like, fix my friend's alien bite, which is an odd request for a nurse. And she's like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Uh, Yeah, she's not very happy to do it, but she does eventually say, fuck it. And she does her best, but she's like, I literally don't have anything in my apartment to fix this. I'm going to just tape a pillow around it. Hope for the best. Oh yeah. She's like, I just graduated. I just got a job. I don't have shit to fix alien bites with me. I missed that class. As they're arguing, guess who shows up? (gasps) Who? Chomp, chomp, chomp. An alien shows up. What? Oh, yeah. I like this scene, too, of them, like, looking out the peephole at the alien. It's pretty scary once the alien, like, jumps up at you. You can kill these bigger aliens, uh, just like zombies. You gotta get a good swipe to the head, so Moses kills him with a sword. Oh, fuck, with the samurai sword? And at at that point, Sam starts to run away again, but then she's like, wait, no, 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 no. I'm smarter than this. She turns around and she's like, I'm fucking staying with you guys. Oh, yeah, and some of them are like, no, you're not. We don't want this silly lady with us. But then um, Pest is like, no way, man. She's paranoid. Make her leave. Let her snitch get murdered. Dennis, man, why are you acting like such a prick for? I need the nurse. Do you want me to die? I mean, it's a good idea to have a nurse with you. I, I don't know. I like their dynamics specifically between her and Moses because you can tell like there's a part where she's like, hey, go grab me this pillow. He kind of looks at her like, why is this woman giving me orders? I'm the one who's usually in charge. So I like how they balance that once the characters keep developing do they also have a moment where they they tell her like look we didn't realize you lived in the block yeah i don't think it's until later but they do mention at some point that like we wouldn't have robbed you if we knew you lived here if they're staying in that specific area who else do they think they're robbing could have been maybe they thought she was from another block maybe and it's a holiday so they were like oh it's just random people who came out here and now they're walking home but yeah, I don't know. It's just another layer of like they're they think they're protecting the people that live there so they wouldn't try to hurt them specifically. The gang and Sam decide they need to head up to to Ron's because they think Ron's will be a safe place. We cut to Biggs for a second. He was still in the bin. He calls his friends and they're like, oh my God, you're alive? And he's like, yeah, I'm alive. I'm stuck in this bin. Oh wait, they're not going to Ron's. They're going to the girl's house, one of the girl's um flats. Yeah, they're going to Tia's. So he's like, let the girls know we're on the way. And so he calls the girls and they're, they're so funny because he is in this full like trying to explain the alien but he's panicked and so they're like he's annoying and they just hang up on him phone me later when you ain't playing xbox i mean to be fair he sounds crazy but they already saw one alien so i don't know i would have believed him but he's rambling so much and they're trying to figure out what he is talking about oh there's a scene too i think with hi-hats where he like finds a couple more goons to go murder kids. Yeah, he's just in his car and and he's like, let's go get the kids. This is my block. Rap, 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 rap. Rap, <laughs> I don't rap, remember rap. any other lyrics uh, from that song. <laughs> the the gang, uh, as they're heading to the girls' flat, they run into Probs and Mayhem in the hallway. They have a gun and a super soaker. They take the gun away from them because they're like, you're too young for a gun. And they're just like, what do you think? Water is going to stop the aliens. And they're like, there's not water in here. Ha 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 ha. That comes back around. It's not pissed. It's no, not. it's not. I don't think it is. No, we were trying to figure it out the whole movie, though. And once you do yeah. get it explained, it's it's pretty cool what ends up happening. They make it to the girls' flat. The girls let them in. And they're all just kind of hiding out. And Moses has this moment where he's just like, the cops did this right. No, I reckon, yeah. I reckon the feds sent them anyway. Government probably bred those creatures to kill black boys. First they sent drugs to the ends. 
Then they sent guns. Now they sent monsters to get us. They don't care, man. We ain't killing each other fast enough. So they decided to speed up the process. It is ridiculous, but I understand his logic behind it. He's got a good point, though, because it brings up, like, specifically in America, like, the Reagan era and, like, planting crack and guns and stuff in these, like, mostly black areas. So it honestly kind of makes sense. There's some more character building for him, like, why he is the way he is. And then the aliens get in again. (laughs) Before the aliens get there is a pretty impressive scene just with how many people are in this scene in this really tiny apartment. Because there's got to be, like, at least ten characters in this one room. I don't know. I just like the way the movie looks. I think it's directed really well. It is directed really well. I like all the characters interact. Yeah, I guess a lot of it in this scene specifically was improv too. Um, Specifically when Ruiz is like trying to join in and he tries to like fist bump past and they all just keep kind of clowning on him. Well, I don't think Ruiz is here yet. He's still at Ron's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It must have been earlier when they were buying weed and he was there. Yeah, yeah, he tries to like be one of the one of the hip kids, like he just wants to be cool and he's just not. Poor guy. But yes, the aliens bust into the flat. Uh there's two of them. So one uh the girls are dealing with one and it's mostly Moses dealing with the other one and you think he's about to die, but then it gets stabbed like up through the chin you see a knife kind of come into frame and kill the alien and then we we reveal that it was sam okay so that kill is really cool but i really like what happens with the girls too because when you go back to the room they're in tia the girl that like moses likes and her friend have killed this alien with a figure skate and that's just hilarious as a weapon yes it's so good it's so good um so yeah so two more aliens down oh i think dennis gets his head ripped off oh yeah i i skipped we might want to talk about that my notes are i i should have put that in a different color the alien when the alien first get the aliens first get in they jump on on dennis who is still in his helmet and you first you think oh this is great this is why you wear a helmet oh never mind they ripped his head off oh there it goes i like the way they shot this too the way they do this effect because you only see the helmet go flying through the room but i mean you can gather what happened r.i.p dennis And it's so shocking because this is the first one of the kids' deaths you get. Oh, yeah. We did not think the kids were going to die. No, I did not. I thought they were all going to be safe. I was wrong. (laughs) They lost Dennis, but they did kill the two aliens, so there's that. And then Hi-Hat gets to the block with his goons, immediately get, uh, get an alien, like, going after them. They all get in this elevator the alien gets in the elevator and the door shuts and all you hear is like screaming. So you're like, oh, R.I.P. the goons, R.I.P. hi-hats. There's no way he could survive. I honestly still don't know how he did. Sheer force of will. You cut to Bruce, who has left Ron's, is um, going to the elevator because he thinks everything is fine. And when the elevator opens, uh, it's blood everywhere. And Hi-Hats is just standing there covered in, in, like, blood and viscera. And, of course, Bruce is like, oh, no. Oh, no. Don't get involved. Don't get involved. Well, plus you see that. And one guy who's still alive somehow, and I would be like, oh, he murdered them. He's going to murder me now. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's just bits of people laying around. (laughs) And so Bruce is just like, I'm going to take the other elevator. Which he does. He gets in the other elevator and then he goes up like one floor and then everyone else, the whole Moses and his gang and Sam, they all get in the elevator with him. You can tell I, just how paranoid this dude is at this point because he's like crouched in the corner of the elevator like what the fuck is going on? He's not having a good day. Uh, no. He needs to take the stairs. That would have solved a lot of his problems. <laughs> at this point in the movie, you think, okay, how many aliens can there actually be, right? Uh, turns out to be a lot because we get the shot of the outside with Probs and Mayhem who have made it outside of the block um, and they look back at the building and there are just like, oh, like a hundred of these creatures crawling 
on the outside of the building. I really like, so they, they make this look really good too, because they only had two of those suits, but they just basically copy and pasted a bunch of aliens onto the rest of the frames. Yeah, it looks really good. And then we get, uh, it's a crazy smoky Vietnam alien shot, which is the kids, they get to Ron's floor uh, because they're like, Ron's weed room is going to be the safest place in this building. That's where we need to go. They shoot like some smoke bombs and some fireworks down the hallway. They're hoping to just not run into any aliens. They're, They're hoping to just make it there. R.I.P. Jerome, he does not make it. Oh, do you know how they did the the fireworks when they shot him down the hallway? Uh, no. How did they do? I guess they just used real fireworks, but they put them on a wire, so they were able to, like, shoot them straight, so it went right at the aliens. I guess they had a really hard time getting, like, a firework company to agree to Uh, uh, let them use their stuff in this movie. Probably fair. No, I would have been like, hell yeah, our fireworks are so powerful that you can kill aliens? That's great advertising. Yeah, I guess. Or, like, if they could kill aliens, they could probably kill people, so. Don't play with fireworks, kids. It was probably not even the fact they're using them. It's probably the fact that kids are using them. Yeah, it's badass. That's probably where the problem comes. And it's probably more of a legal oh, thing that, like, fire companies are like, we just don't want to get involved in this, uh, the legality of kids thinking they can use our fireworks to kill what they think are aliens. All right. Maybe I shouldn't work for the fireworks company. Uh, point proven. Uh, or you just have to have a big asterisk that's, like, only for actual aliens uh, from outer space not from Mexico. Don't call Please them that. Don't. don't be racist. Yeah, just a big, really long paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> About all of my morals and values. Yeah, maybe I should run the fireworks company. Okay, anyway. so R.I.P. Jerome. Poor Jerome. He does not make it. Yeah, it gets all turned around in the smoke. Yeah, it's very sad. So they, their friend dies, and then they get to Ron's flat, and they open the door, and there's a fucking gun right in their face. Yeah. These kids are having a rough night. Um, He's threatening to kill them, completely unaware of his surroundings, because you can see he's standing in front of the windows, and you can see the teeth from the aliens starting to pop up in the window, because they've all reached the top floor. Oh, God, yeah, it's like this big black hole of these creepy aliens. R.I.P. Hi-Hat. They jump through the window and they immediately start to eat him. Dude, his death is pretty brutal too because you see them just rip his whole face off and there's like chunks of his flesh and stuff in their teeth. It's pretty fucked up. While Hi-Hat is being killed, everybody else runs to the actual weed room. And this is where they kind of had the conversation where they're trying to figure out why the aliens are specifically targeting them. And because uh, there's black lights in the weed growing room, they notice that Moses is essentially just like, he's got all these splots of glowingness on him and they realize he's covered in stuff from the female alien. Their theory is that the ones that have been chasing them are all male and they're trying to find the female alien to mate with. Um, And so they've been following her scent, essentially. So everyone who's touched Moses is going to have that on them and so is going to be killed. They've got that, like, throwaway line when you first meet Brewis where he's talking about how he, like, took some zoology course in university. But then it comes back around and he's the one who is finally like, oh, I bet this is what's happening. And turns out he's right. Oh, Andy, he finally gets his fist bump. They're accepting him. Days turn around. Um, <laughs> Honestly. Because at first they're like, oh, all you have to do is take the stuff off that's got the the, the pheromones on it and you'll be fine. Um, but Moses feels a lot of guilt because he's like, I've caused all of this. You know, actions have consequences. Everyone who touched this thing got murked, you know. Dennis. Jerome. Tonks. Them fence where they tried to touch me. Everyone who had that scent on them. So if they follow the smell on that, then maybe I can lead them. Lead them where? Somewhere I can blow them up. I killed that thing. I brought them in the block. I've got to finish what I started. They come up with a plan 
essentially explode all the aliens. But Moses is pretty sure he's going to die in the process. Oh, God. Yeah, he's like a Kazakazi. What's it called? Kamikaze. Kamikaze, yeah. Yeah. It's a smart plan, though. Yeah. And he and he and Sam actually have a pretty good, like, heart to heart because, you know, they see each other as more you know, they see each other as people, finally. Oh, once we get into that, because there's a specific scene where that all happens. Probs and Mayhem, they found Biggs in the bin, and they exploded an alien. They find Biggs, uh, they they squirt the alien with the squirt gun. Turns out there's, like, gasoline in it, and then they light it on fire. And it's really fucking cool. It looks good. I like the way this movie looks. Yeah, that was a practical fire effect where the guy like got ready and like actually got burned. I think it was one of the last things they did because they had to burn one of the suits. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. I think in the commentary they were like, yeah, we all celebrated when they burnt the suit because they were just so tired of being in it. Yeah. Pros and Mayhem, after they do that, uh, they jump into the bin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Biggs, Probs, and Mayhem are all, like, having a heart-to-heart in the bin, and they're just like, he's just like, I respect you now. Oh, yeah, he's gonna call them by their street names now, because they weren't doing that before. Their chosen names. Aw, yeah. little cuties. But, yeah, back up to the weed room. Um, Moses apologized to Sam gets the ring they stole from her he gets it back and gives it to to sam as an apology yeah and then you've got sam has to go down to his flat and fill it all up with gasoline from the stove yeah and it's very sad because you get this they don't show you his flat in the the sequence at the beginning when all the kids are getting their weapons so it's the first time you're seeing it and getting this glimpse into like his home life and he's got this neglectful uncle and he still sleeps with like these little kid cartoon sheets it's it's all sad yeah and they do have a moment before she runs down there where she's like you don't have to do this and he's like now i have to do it so that's that's nice kind of accepting his responsibility and learning that actions have consequences. Yeah, so Sam runs down, turns on all the gas. Uh, their theory about the pheromones is real because she does not get attacked. And then Moses straps the dead female alien to his back as extra, like, come get me-ness. And you have this slow motion, like, him running out of the uh, out of the flat and then down to his oh yeah all the aliens chase him it looks cool and then he throws the female alien and then does he he has a firework he sets a firework off at them which causes an explosion because of the apartment is filled with gas and then and at this point sam sam is outside i think the gang yeah the gang also made it outside i think I think pretty much everyone has made it outside. Everyone is outside, yeah. And you think, oh no, Moses is dead. But no, there was a flag or something hanging. And so he was able to grab it when he jumped out away from the fire. And he's able to pull himself back onto the balcony. So he's not dead. Yay! Yay. And there's this really nice moment once he pulls himself back up where he looks down and there's all of his friends and there's Sam and there's the girls. And it's like, oh. Look at all those people that he was able to save. Good job, Moses. Yeah. And then he gets arrested. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah, this sucks. Oh, I forgot about this part. Yeah, he he gets pulled out of the building because he jumped out, so they think he caused the explosion. Well, and he comes down the elevator with all the dead bodies in it, too. Oh, so they're like, yeah. oh, this guy's a menace. Those cops from earlier are dead. So who is it? It's him and who else gets, gets arrested with him? Him and Biggs. Okay. Right? No, it's him and Pest. It's definitely him and Pest. Okay. Uh, they get arrested and put into the van, but Pest is like, wait, Moses, listen. And everyone has started to chant his name outside. Moses! 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 Oh, and there's a little part before this where Sam is talking to the police and you think she's just going to like turn him in and be like, yeah, they mugged me. But she's like, no, they saved everyone. So you, I think it's a hopeful ending still where Sam is going to be able to, like, explain everything that happened, hopefully. Yeah. Well, and the thing, too, is that whatever version of CIA exists in England, I care. Is it MI6? That's what they are in Killing Eve, so I'm going to say that's that's right. They talk about how they've cut off that part of the town, so the cops are all surrounding it. So I think they know something is happening. I think they... They can't be the only ones who saw the aliens crash down. Like, 
a hundred of them crash down. Yeah, there's so many witnesses at this point that I feel like they have to believe them. So I think it's hopeful because I think the government knows there's some sort of alien shenanigans happening. So I think they will realize it wasn't him. Yeah. And then we all go, Moses, 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 because he's done it. He actually parted the Red Sea, <laughs> led everybody to the desert. No, that's that's a different Moses. Oh, okay. Yeah, this guy's the one that saved us from the aliens. Yeah, I don't know. Passover just happened, so. Oh, that's true. Oh, this could be my new Easter movie. I, I don't see why not. <laughs> I mean, Guy Fox stays in November, but sure. And that's the end of it. And that's the end of Attack the Block. That's all, folks. Uh, you want to jump into ratings? Yeah, let's do it. All right. What's your general rating? One through five. I'm going to give it a 3.75. Well, that's so specific. Yeah. Well, I liked it more as I talked about it. Yeah. But I, I do still have problems with the movie. I think specifically they could have done a better job of developing characters and not making them stereotypes specifically with Ron and hi-hats and honestly Sam sometimes too I wish she were a bit more fleshed out it's hard to like the kids at the beginning which was a problem for me I think those are my two like big complaints and trying to like force a villain role onto hi-hats while not really giving us anything to work with those are my biggest complaints but yeah overall really good I thought the movie looks good the acting is great the soundtrack is really fun. I like it. It's a good time. Yeah, I think I'm about right there with you. I was going to say 3.5. I think it is a solid sci-fi creature feature. Yeah. It does have problems, but I think it's definitely worth a watch. It was a lot of fun. And sad. There were some sad moments. Yeah, it's got a lot of heart to it. Yeah, there's a lot of love that went into this movie. And that's nice to see. My horror struck rating is going to be a one. Yeah. It wasn't that scary, but I think the jump scares they did do, they did very well. And I don't think they were cheap. I think for how quickly the aliens attacked, I think it worked really well. Yeah, I'm around there. I give it a one or a two. I think they do a good job with the alien creature design. And they do a really good job with the like bloody, gory effects that they have. None of that is ever really played for laughs. But it's also, it's not scary. It's nothing that's going to, like, haunt you. What are we doing next week? I don't know. We are covering, it's a sort of new movie review. Um, I think it technically came out in 2021, but it, it just dropped on streaming. So it's a movie called We're All Going to the World's Fair. Yeah, it's, um, so it did the festival rounds last year, but now it is available for streaming for like a public wide release for the public uh where is it streaming on um everywhere i think i know you can rent it on prime you can rent it on like google or youtube i i think yeah wherever you want to watch it um but i had actually just heard of this movie last week i saw a tiktok that was recommending this movie and i watched a trailer and i was like oh this looks really interesting it's like a condensed found footage film that that's all basically in the form of like youtube videos and it looks creepy as hell yeah it looks like fun so yeah new movie review because it's available for rent right now and i just read that hbo max got the rights to stream it they just haven't dropped it yet oh nice okay so hopefully it'll be available to stream for free somewhere because i think we'll have to rent it yeah the it looks very interesting yeah so i'm excited we'll let you know our thoughts and feelings hopefully uh we'll like it yeah all right horror fans thank you for listening to this week's episode of horror struck if you want to hear more from us you can head on over to twitter and instagram where we are at horror pod or you can check us out on facebook at horror podcast If you have any movie recommendations, you can go ahead and tweet those at us and give it your very own horror struck rating. Until next time, horror fans, remember, stay spooky. Bye! Bye.